Hello, we are Jamie and Amy Gish, and uh, last September we brought home our five-year-old son, Jose, from Honduras. He actually just turned six last week. Um, our journey began in 2009 uh, when we became open to the possibility of adoption. Um, and then much, after much prayer and seeking counsel from others, um, we signed a contract with our agency um, to pursue adoption in Honduras in February of 2011. Um, at that time, um, it was supposed to be a six to 12 month uh, time frame as far as getting a referral of a child. Um, nine years later, we brought Jose home. <laughs> so um, it's definitely been a crazy journey with lots of twists and turns, but through it all, God has definitely been faithful. So over these years, we went through strikes and shutdowns and um, deconstruction and reconstruction of the government systems and the child welfare system. And we did fingerprints and physicals and psych evals and mounds of paperwork and over and over again. Um, and there were years of near silence. Uh, so as you can imagine, many emotions surfaced during this time. And I jotted some of them down. Uh, loneliness, frustration, anger, uh, doubt, discouragement, disappointment, joy and gladness, fear, peace, grief, and hope. Uh, like the psalmist, I would cry out. And many times in prayer, just very simply say, I don't know what you're doing here. Um, but there has to be purpose in this. And he carried me through all the ebbs and flows, us through. He anchored me in prayer, in raw, honest conversation with him, uh, in his word, and in the great cloud of witnesses that we read about that have gone before us. Um, when we memorize his word, it is written on the tablet of our hearts and it just spontaneously comes to mind when needed. Um, and that carried me through so many um, nights and difficult times um, in a sense of calling, which propelled us forward through the doubt and the questions. It was so long and we didn't know how, when or where it would end. Um, but he continued to ask us to press on, <laughs> even though many uh, questioned us. Um, and in hope. Um, not in our agency or in the Honduran government in all its messiness, um, but in the sovereignty of our Lord and Savior, who's over it all, um, trusting that there was purpose um, and that he ruled and reigned uh, over everything when we couldn't see. In regards to finishing well, um, having knowledgeable and experienced uh, believers walking alongside of us and being a resource was absolutely huge. Um, the support uh, we were blessed to have during the process while we were in country um, and since we've been back uh, has been a key part to us finishing well. Um, it truly takes a village, uh, not just in adoption, but just in any challenging season of life. Um, we found it important to be teachable, accept help, uh, and glean knowledge and wisdom whenever we could and not go at it alone. Um, also, the, uh, the weeks in, spent in Honduras were extremely challenging. Um, stuck for a total of six weeks in a hotel room without the freedom to venture out on our own um, with a high energy little boy <laughs> who we didn't really know and who spoke a different language. Um, it was definitely trying. 
Um, but at the same time, it was so very vital to the bonding and attachment that we needed to have um, and preparing us to be parents as we came back to the States. Um, in reality, uh, we are not finished and we don't know if we're always doing it well. Um, but we know we are where we're anchored and that God has been faithful through it all. Um, after all, he placed this call to Honduras um, on our hearts four years before Jose was even born. Um, and he chose us to be a family. And so he's definitely been a gift for us. Um, we fight the waiting, uh, the pain and silence and suffering. Uh, we fight our own emotions and our weakness. But it's in these where our roots go deeper and where true relationship is born um, and nurtured. He builds faith and it's where we find him faithful. My God, God, my shepherd, I don't need anything. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Good morning, church. It's good to be here this morning. I'm Pastor Corby. I'm going to spend a few moments this morning sharing uh, what God's laid on my heart. Uh, this week, and we're starting this new series called, we're calling it My Anchor Is, and it's really this focus on soul care uh, and identifying those areas in our lives where we, we recognize that we need to spend some time and may dig deep, dive deep, and, and do some restoration. And through those hard seasons, through those moments where we find uh, things difficult, uh, who is our anchor? And is our anchor the faithful God that we know and love? This morning, I want to address a few questions. It's these. What is your anchor during hard seasons of life? How do you finish those hard seasons well in order to enter the next season in a healthy fashion, in a healthy way? What soul care steps do you need to take today in order to have a soul-level peace in your life? Psalms 23 is, a, is the core passage we're going to be using throughout this, this series. And I believe that David writes this, and then we look at David's story, we can learn a lot from remaining anchored and finishing well. Obviously, we don't have time this morning to look at David's entire life story because it, it includes many chapters in the Bible. But for many of us, this is a familiar story. It's a story that we know that David had life circumstances that were hard and difficult. But he was driven. And in many ways, he could have had many unhealthy life patterns and habits. But he chose to be faithful to God. And I believe he finished well. I have to wonder, did David have bitterness towards his father and brothers? When he was left out in the field to tend to sheep when Samuel showed up to their house. 
It was only after his father had presented all the other brothers when he realized, oh yeah, David, he's out in the field. Did David have some pride in his heart when he defeated Goliath and received lots of accolades and recognition for that great victory? Did he ever experience some cynicism or was he cynical towards Saul after years of running and avoiding his death threats when he knew he would be the next king? How did he not burn out on leadership when he had many, many hard years of leading? We know that David did compromise his values and morals in a moment of passion with Bathsheba, which drove him to a series of bad decisions. Yet, in the end, David is still called a man after God's own heart. In Hebrews 11, we read the hall of faith, and David is listed as one of the men and women who had great faith. I imagine it was David's focus on God that gave him the ability to navigate his life. All of the circumstances he went through, he was able to finish them well. He went from one season of life finishing that well and went into the next with healthy habits formed. I wonder, did David take time daily, weekly, monthly, yearly to evaluate where he was at, what his focus was, and realign his, uh, his motives in order that he remained anchored in God. We read in Psalms, David's many, many words of David. Were these his thoughts and his cries out to God as he navigated his life's journey? Are these songs a way for him to recenter his, himself on God and remain anchored in the one he knew to be faithful? Wayne Cordero writes these words Everything depends on what you are shooting for. When you aim at the wrong target, life itself becomes elusive. Be sure that you are aiming at the right target. Keep your perspectives clearly focused on that target and frequently double-check to make sure that's the right target. Did David, throughout his life journey, continue to refocus, continue to make sure his end goal was where it was supposed to be? Was his focus continually re-anchored in God? Psalms 23, 1-3, I believe David clearly states who his anchor is in life. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of unrighteousness, of, of righteousness for his name's sake. Psalms 23 has been a passage for me personally that I've gone to many times when life seems to be spiraling, spiraling out of control or overwhelming. 
I've had times when I've gone on walks or hikes and just stood by streams and read Psalms 23 and allowed the words to restore my soul, to be a stream of life-giving water in a time when my life was difficult. One of those times that I needed to re-anchor my life was in September of 2009. I I would say I was at a point of burnout in life. Over the previous two years, I had been working closely with a student, many students, one in which, who, which drained a lot of time and energy from me. I was leading our middle school ministry remix here at Maine on BSC, and it was growing quickly. My pride had driven me to keep doing ministry at an overwhelming pace. The pace didn't allow for healthy margins. It didn't allow for good boundaries. I would have said that everything was under control. It was doing just fine. But in reality, it wasn't. On the surface, it looked great. But on the inside, I was losing my desire to keep doing ministry. I didn't want to be around people. I was contemplating throwing in a towel and just quitting. It would have been easier that way. It all came to a breaking point when my wife and I, we were at a pastor's retreat weekend. The topic of the weekend was, that was discussed was based upon Wayne Cordero's book, Leading on Empty. The presenter of the weekend shared a checklist of things that would determine our ability to do ministry well. Was our passion tank full for ministry? I was able to check off every box and I was clearly identifying that I was empty. I was burnt out. I needed to refuel. Jen and I got in the car and we drove home from the weekend and I quickly repacked and got back in the car and drove to upstate PA where I had a friend who had a small shack that he called the Hermitage. I have a picture on the screen of the shack. This is my Hermitage experience. I, I stayed two nights. I planned to stay two nights, two days. I had my friend drop me off and it was an arranged time to come and pick me back up. Because it was, one, I didn't know how to get to the this little building by myself. And two, it was intentional time away, so I didn't want to just get in my car and drive away when I felt like giving up. My goal was to refocus by reading God's word, praying, and fasting. A few days of solitude and silence. I had done a few of these spiritual retreats before and knew the value of intentional time alone with God. A re-anchoring, a refocusing, a gut check. It was, a ten, it was an intentional deep dive look and soul care for myself. I had a lot to process and it wasn't going to be easy. And it wasn't. The first night was hard. I tried to pray. I, I read the Gospel of John. I, I cried and I cried some more. And I just was like, hitting a wall, feeling like I couldn't get through to where I wanted to go. By mid-morning, the next morning, I was done. I was ready to throw in a towel. I was ready to just go home and give up on the whole process. Just quit and just walk away. I pulled out my cell phone and was going to call my friend, and I realized I couldn't find 
the number. I was sure I had saved it the night before, but it wasn't there. So I was again discouraged. I was upset. And I, was, I was like, I just want to go home. But thankfully, I wasn't able to go home. Because in staying, I was forced to deal with the stuff that I actually had going on deep down inside. I remember a moment where I went out to an open field that was close by and I just fell to my knees and I cried out to God in surrender, asking him just to kind of take the weight, take the stuff that I was holding so tightly onto. By the next morning, I was, I was feeling better. My friend had arrived and I, he took me up and I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. I dealt with the stuff that I needed to deal with and I want to go home and I want to continue doing the work that God had called me to. I had reclaimed God as my anchor and nothing else. The amazing thing is, as I was in the car driving with my friend, I went to like re-save his number on my phone, and you know what? It was there the entire time. I truly believe that the Holy Spirit intervened in my life in that moment when I wanted out and prevented me from seeing that number in order that I had to stay. And I'm thankful that he did. Honestly, I don't think I'd be standing here today sharing with you if I had not stayed and dealt with the real issues. See, things didn't change overnight. I had to be intentional, very intentional at doing things that would become new healthy patterns of life, choices that would create rhythms and habits, some of which I still have in my life today. Carrie Newhoff says this, burnout is complicated. But I don't know, but I do, I do know this. In caring for others, I had not adequately cared for my own heart and soul or let others who wanted to care for me do so. I resonate with that, that, that quote from Carrie because that is exactly what I was doing in a hard season of life. I was not doing the soul care I needed. I was not allowing other people to help me process the emotions, the unhealthiness that was going on. So what's your story? We can read in David's story in, in Scripture that, and know that he finished well. I've shared a piece of my story, just a small piece. And maybe some of you resonate with where I was at, or maybe you don't, and that's fine. Either way, you must take a deep dive look at your soul. We've been through a season over the last few months that have been extremely difficult, and some of us may be carrying around things that we need to process. And I encourage you to take some time to do that. Because in order to finish this season well, and ultimately finish life well, we must lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 is probably one of my favorite passages, one of my life verses. I resonate, I'm a, I'm a runner, so I resonate with this idea of running a race with endurance. And I want to spend a few moments just looking at this passage because I think it speaks to this idea of, uh, of making sure we're, we're doing the soul care and being ready to run the race that's before us. 
Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. We'll just pause a moment. The, the passage, verse, chapter 12, starts with this word, therefore. And I think it's important because it means that there was something that was important said just before it. And chapter 11 is the hall, the, the chapter about all the men and women of great faith. And so the writer is saying, therefore, since we've talked about these men and women who've gone before us with great faith, we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. Now, let us lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely. Are you carrying around weight that you need to let go of? For me, I, I, would, I had to go away and spend some time and, and evaluate, okay, what are those weights that I was carrying? What are those burdens that I was carrying that I had to process and let go of in order that I can kind of continue running the race that God had set before me? Is there sins in your life that you need to deal with in order that we might then go and run the race? Continue reading. Let us run the race. Let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. We each are running this life race. We each have been called to be the ambassadors of Christ and live out life here on earth, sharing the gospel. And, and, and we've, we're on this journey that's a race. And as we run this race, what, what does it say we should do? Looking to Jesus. He's our finish line. Let us run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking to Jesus. And it says this, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising shame, and is seated at the right hand the throne of God. Jesus is our finish line. Jesus is the one we need to remain anchored in and focused in. And if in doing so, we are then able to recognize our end goal. Church, life is a marathon, not a sprint. And during this life journey, we will hit walls. We will hit moments when we, that are difficult. And we're going to have to navigate those seasons of life in, in, a, in a way that re, keeps us anchored in God. And how we navigate the hard seasons, the difficult things in life, is vital. You are running in a race of life. And you are a finisher. We will finish this race. Craig Rochelle says this, after some time has passed, maybe you'll be looking back, reflecting on your story, and you'll realize that even though you didn't know it at the time, God was using the very thing you hated to rewire you, to change you, to tr transform your life. I look back over my story, the different parts of my story, different seasons that were difficult. And I can now recognize, especially that, that 2009 and the years that followed as I processed some of that burnout, that God was rewiring me. He was transforming me. He was renewing me in order that I'd be able to continue doing ministry, continue doing running the race that God has set before me. And I'm grateful for those times, as hard as they were. So church, I'm, I challenge you, don't give up. Don't throw in a towel. 
Galatians 6, 9 says this. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. Don't give up, church. Don't grow weary of doing good. You're running a race. Finish well. Craig Rochelle also says this, If you are tempted to walk away, make sure you seek God because you never know what him, He might do if you have the courage to stay. I needed to seek God in that hard moment because it required me seeking Him and re-anchoring my life in order that I was able to stay and continue to run the race that was set before me. Church, stay the course. Remain anchored and finish well. In order that one day you may hear the words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Eternity is the finish line. Let us finish this season and other hard seasons of life well by remaining anchored in God. It will take some soul care. It will take some processing. It will take some deep diving to, to, to let go of the weight that we're carrying. But the hard work is worth it. Because the hard work gets us to the point of having a soul level health that will allow us to navigate this season and other seasons well. Will you join me as I close in prayer? God, thank you for loving us. God, as we navigate the, the last few months and, and any hard season of life, Lord, we ask that you would just give us the endurance to run the race of life and continue to remain anchored in you. Not only that we can finish that season well, but that we can finish all of life well and continue to do the work that you've placed us in this earth to do. God, we love you and we thank you for your forgiveness and for the grace that you give to us in those moments when uh, we feel like, like life is overwhelming. We just pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.